0: Today on the show, Eric and I debate the recent Student Loan Forgiveness Act that has so many Americans talking about college at the water cooler. We bring back an interview with professional wrestler Austin Aries, and then Sarah has the news as we discuss yet another study linking processed meat with cancer, yummy Starbucks coffee, and actor James Cromwell, and also Lizzo. Is back again, and I tell you, it's as good as hell. But first, let me tell you about NextWave. Yep, NextWave Services is a website design company that provides high quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. NextWave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. Next Wave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all of the time. Get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com. Founded way back in 1998, the year that I got married, yes, it's Next Wave Services. It's time for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food
1: with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here is a man who has never put ketchup on a hot
0: dog: Rich Reynolds. <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome on into the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. Another day, and we are still here and going strong and gaining more subscribers and listeners and viewers on our YouTube channel each and every day. I love it. Uh, we have started out, believe it or not. by the way, my name is Rich Reynolds. That's Eric Rogers. Sarah Carlson to join us later for news. We're going to get to all the social media stuff and all the things you can click on and all of that in just a second. But I want to say, when we started out... All right. Just a month ago, we've only been at this thing for a month. Now we were getting like 40 to 60 people that would listen to the podcast and follow along and you know, Holy cow. Now all of a sudden we're at like 900 to a thousand per podcast, like per episode that comes out and we're just getting going. So I'm really happy about that. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you. Tell a friend, Click on that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Go to RealManyPlants.com, hit the support button, help us out as well, and also help out Paul's party. Take the 30-day challenge, view our blogs, uh, check out our YouTube channel. More and more stuff going up there every day. You can find me at RMEP Rich. You can find him at Eric Rogers Brand all over social media, which, again, I am just Learning how to use. There you go. If you're watching on YouTube, there's your visual cue for at Eric Rogers Brand. Okay, so I've been enthralled. I guess I'm maybe not enthralled is not the word. I'm very, very interested in this whole student loan forgiveness thing that has come down. Now, Eric, how much do you have left in student loans to repay?
2: I have got about twenty six thousand.
0: Twenty six thousand. All right, so 10000 knocked off that bill is going to look pretty good, isn't it?
2: It's going to look good.
0: All right, so when it comes to the student loan forgiveness thing, how are you feeling about it?
2: I don't have a problem with it. Um, the thing I do have a problem with is the anger that some people have over someone else getting something that they don't or that they had worked to erase their debt on their own accord. And I think there's a way around that, um, so that everyone is happy.
0: Okay, hold and... on. We're we're, we're going to get to that. Okay. Um, because so you know, my son just graduated from college. He's taking some grad school now. He's well, gonna he's going to be a millionaire of in a couple of years. So. Um. Well, we can only hope. All right. And so he. It wasn't like his entire college was paid for in D3. They don't have athletic scholarships, um, but they do have grant money and grant money and scholarships for academic stuff or for special like cases for people that have it's called special talents. And special talents basically Basic means yeah, yeah, it basically means athletic scholarship, but it's not okay. And so most of his college was paid for, except for about eh, like fifteen thousand dollars a year. So it was like going to a state school. So we took out some loans. We have less than ten thousand dollars to pay off things, but in the neighborhood of like eight grand or something like that, um, like in student loans. Now the the school itself. Costs about $55,000 a year. So um, having about eight grand left at the end of four years is pretty bad. damn good. <laughs> yeah, we've done, we, we've done all right. And I'll be all right with it, that. And that eight grand may or may not get wiped out. I'm not, I'm not sure how this is all going and stuff like that. Okay. But anyways, taking a look at it, I had student loans coming out of college it wasn't much. When I was done with, with college, because um, I went through the Army ROTC, paid a lot of my tuition and books and fees and stuff like that, I had about 3400 bucks left to pay off, um, which was pretty easy um, to pay off over a short amount of time. Um, some people come out of college with a lot of debt. And when I mean like a lot of debt, like mortgage-sized debt, 150 grand worth of student debt, which by the way, balloons quickly when the interest kind of kicks in. So some of these government loans have no interest while you're in school. As soon as you get out of school, bam, the interest hits, all right? And you're paying off mostly interest, especially front-loaded, then you are the principal. It works kind of like a mortgage, okay? So the problem that I have with this, it's not so much anger, Um, it's just, I don't understand basically the need for it. So here, here's, here's why I say that when you went to school and you went to college, you knew, just like I knew, just like my son knew, um, if you took out a loan, you knew what the loan was, right? I mean, it's not like anybody forced you to take a loan out. Let Um, me
2: say this about that. Okay. The, understood the concept Mm -hmm. However, working at a Walgreens or a grocery store is not going to give me a perspective of what money actually is and what, how much money does it take to actually live comfortably? Now as an adult and knowing how much I make, what my expenses are, um, yeah, I probably would have gone about things differently. and put things a lot more in perspective for me about what those dollars and cents are and what the interest rates are when looking so, at these loans.
0: Young and stupid is the excuse we're using here.
2: Um, I don't want to say excuse. I think yeah. that's a, it, there's definitely a certain level of predation that goes on with uh, loans in general. Um, and I think when you're talking about people that are almost um like it's like a like a golden ticket, I heard someone say. Like it's it's a golden ticket to like making more money because you're gonna have this degree and yeah, I got this piece of paper. Give me give me a 70000 thousand dollar job right out of college. It doesn't work like that.
0: It does not and, work uh, like that. That is true.
2: It uh it I don't know. I don't wanna say it was like it made it sound exactly like that's how it was gonna happen, but I had no idea what job market was going to look like, how jobs, like, what is a job outside of little grocery store that I worked at? Now,
0: predatory is a word that, that you kind of bring up there and predatory here's, here's what I uh, agree in predatory in nature. Okay. So before these government backed student loans were available to people, college was way cheaper. All right. Now the reason why is People had to pay for it out of their pocket. They didn't have a government student-backed loan this is, to this get is through true? school. Yep. Now, when the government decided to back these loans, and I believe this happened, it was late 80s, early 90s, something like that, um, all of a sudden, tuition and fees and everything else started to skyrocket at universities because why not? Um, well, they know that
2: we're going to get a loan for it, so they're they're,
0: they're getting it back. People will take right. out a loan. The university is going to get paid, especially the bank is going to get paid because these loans can't be written off on a bankruptcy. Um, they're 100 percent guaranteed. Everybody knows that they're going to get their money eventually from you. There's no way to get out of this contract that you have signed. The oh, prenup. Yeah, you could die, all right? Wait, but, then, but then wouldn't it go to my cosigner? They they will actually take it either from, if you have a cosigner, they'll definitely take it from, or they'll take it out of your estate. Um, one way or the other, um, it's it's coming out of your ass. Um, now, here's the thing. When you sign it, you might not know that, but the thing is, is that you're signing into an agreement that you should never have to sign into because the price of college has been artificially inflated through years of the government backing these 100%. loans so right yeah. so they, and they put it on the backs of everybody who can't afford it so basically it really hurts middle class and lower income families that have to take out these loans then that are offered to them as the only way to get through college and the right. only way that they think that they can get ahead all right so that's where to me the predatory practice comes in now going back to signing that piece of paper no one took a gun to your head and said hey eric Sign this piece of paper. You, you, you signed it. Okay. You agreed to it. All right. You could have read the entire agreement, which is like 16 to 20 pages long. And it's a lot of legalese and it's super boring. Just like nobody ever reads all the stuff when a new Apple agreement pops up. You just well, click on impossible. agree <laughs> and agree. I would rather and agree. read about
2: my student loans than that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so nobody, nobody ever reads this stuff. They get into these things. Okay. Okay. Now, there is there, there are a few ways out, okay? But the best way out, to me at least, is, all right, I'm out of college. I signed this piece of paper. Yes, this is gonna be tough, but I'm gonna have to work my ass off to pay off this loan that I agreed to, okay? Now, the reason why I think that's good is that it teaches you character. So you have to decide at one point in time, am I going to get Netflix or am I gonna put that money towards paying off a loan? Am I going out on a Friday night and spending a hundred bucks on beer and shots and hanging out, or am I gonna put that hundred bucks into paying off this loan? Am I gonna get the newest iPhone or Samsung Galaxy or whatever it is, or do I take that money and put it towards paying off this loan? Do I get new clothes or I wear old clothes and pay off this loan? All right. So everybody had a choice at one point. Do I use DoorDash or do I put the money towards paying off the loan? And a lot of people have chosen going out in DoorDash and new clothes and the new Apple phone and Netflix and all of that kind of stuff. And then they're at the end of the month and they go, oh, yeah, you know, I also bought a bag of weed and that was 150 bucks. And now Pay I'm as much the for point- weed. It, it it can be, unless you go to a dispensary um, like the, the older adults do. And then, you know, that's, that's what you end up paying. Okay. So anyways, you paid for all this stuff and then you're like, well, I don't have any money left to pay the student loan. The student loan bill is 300 bucks and I got $28 left. So um, I'm going to default on this student loan and everybody cries broke. Meanwhile, there were lots of opportunities to put money away to pay off this loan. Okay. I'm glad you said it that way. Yeah, I thought
2: you were going to say there are plenty of ways, like opportunities to make money. There no, are no, 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 no. There are plenty of ways to save money there and aren't. not spend the money. I thought you were going to go into, there are a lot of opportunities
0: out there. Oh, no, 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 no. And and again, you don't have to buy a new car. You can get a used car that's older and dependable. I've done it my whole freaking life because I had stuff to pay off. So, yeah, I'm buying here's, a, here's the a frustration. rusty 2000 Toyota Celica and driving that thing into the ground rather than buying a brand new car. And the reason why is because I got a loan to pay off. Here are the things. Okay. Yes. So you ask. Any of my friends, anyone close to me,
2: I'm a pretty frugal person. I'm not going out and buying new flashy clothes or shoes. I will pay $60 for a haircut, but that lasts a long time. Um, you can get a frobie. Pretty, pretty frugal. Um, but then you have the option. Okay, so now let me look at my, all right, well, if I don't want to live with my parents, I have to live in an apartment or a house or something. Well, that costs money too. And we all mm-hmm. know the you know rent, how much that is. Like that, That's skyrocketed too. So do I live with my parents and, like, swallow my pride? I could, totally could. But then, oh, but you're a lazy millennial living with your parents.
0: So I can't oh, hold fucking on a second. win. I can't you win. No, no, you can win. So until I was married, I lived with roommates. Now, was it always pretty? Was it always fun? No. Why it should I
2: have to live with seven roommates to live?
0: Because that you is got not, a loan that is to pay the, off.
2: That is not the America I but, was born. you have not-
0: <laughs> you have a loan to pay off. Dude. So, so here, so here, here's a difference. So, I, I How can live, you be an independent. I lived with roommates. It was, it was cheap. I ate freaking canned food or frozen crap. It was a lot of Kraft macaroni and cheese back in the day when I ate cheese and stuff. It was stuff that never made me feel good. But the thing is, what did feel good is I was able to pay off the loan. So it kind of teaches you some character. Yep, I got to rough this out. And I gotta suck it up, man. Until I if pay I this could only suck off. it up,
2: live with my parents for two years, and pay off all my loans, dude, that would have been so easy. So easy. Well,
0: you don't have to live with your parents. I, I, you can get a roommate. Let you me, can't let get me, a roommate. Well, I'm just saying. No, no, no. Get married. But, Marriage is a roommate. Oh well. Let me just uh, <laughs>
2: mooch off of somebody. No, but the the amount of the, the the number the amount that you're talking about when you graduated, the mm-hmm. amount that you
0: had. Was far less than what someone else will have today. Absolutely, but so say it. Say it's a mortgage size amount. So say it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, saving and it's by, not buying clothes this week is not going to make a huge dent, especially when
2: the amount that I have saved to try and make it is, is, is not making a dent in the principal is just taking care of some interest. Like it's, okay. it's so not mortgage too.
0: Like if you take out a 30 year mortgage, like the first like 14 years are all like interest is, is all you're paying off. All right. So, so when we, when we look at that and you have a mortgage to pay, and that's basically what your, your student loans I will now. are. You do <laughs> and plus, plus you're buying a house. Okay. So you, you have this mortgage to pay. Okay. Um, and some, some places let you actually, if you could find a house that where you could find on the market undervalued, which is now getting a little bit easier. It was hard there for a few years, but then you could even roll that student loan payment into your mortgage. Uh, Mazeltoff, that's, that's the way. That's actually pretty sick. Yeah, that's and and it can be done. You know, I've I've rolled loans into mortgages, um, and so you are able to do something like that. You find a way, and then you find a way to live cheap. You find a way. I, listen, and you, you know me as, as as well as anybody does. I've at one point, and it wasn't that long ago, I had six different employers at the same time. Now I didn't work six jobs per day, but most days I was working two. Some days I was working three. That's how you pay crap off because I had a son in college and I had a daughter who's going to Catholic school and I have a house and I got a wife and I got to pay this crap off somehow. And so I would work extra. I would not go out hardly at all. Um, and by doing this, you're able to make those payments and even save some money at, at the end of the month. But what I think that it is, but I think what it, what it teaches, what I think what we're missing is I think it teaches character. I think it it does say something to yourself because at the end, then you feel like you've accomplished something by paying off this deal that you agreed to so many years ago. Am I off the mark? Does that seem?
2: You're not crazy? off the mark with that. I, I okay. still I don't think that's enough reason to say everybody pay off your you know your loans to the fullest when there's like if there's a if there's a legal reason why loans are are inherently bad and like i mentioned the you know like some of the terms of it or whatever people not understanding you know whatever if i'm not getting into that argument of it i i just think you know if you uh if if you're just you're doing it to build character that's that's great and that's fine there are plenty of other ways to build character i will say (laughs)
0: um you you just Just because you are a character doesn't mean that you You have character
2: yeah well uh i tell you what um I never had a problem with being a bum in my life. So whether I have student loan debt or not, wasn't going to change that. That's my take, but I can't speak for everybody.
0: Okay. So the other thing is too, so for the people that now are educated and have a degree, um, you would think that they would not need to be subsidized by people who do not. Um, And that is something that's gonna, I believe... Really sit in the craw of a lot of people that are taxpayers because of the money. I, I, I love how people will think that the money is free. That people get taxed on that stuff. And well, you get nickel to true. dime and it to should. debt. You sh-
2: if you get your if you get student loan debt forgiven, it should be taxed because every other loan's forgiven is is taxed. Um, yeah, I, I just that's a really fair point. <laughs>
0: It is. Like, and so I, I look at this. Listen, I'm not angry. What well, what I want to figure out is is why, because what it seems like to me is a government overreach to try and buy votes. Now, we're not very political on the show. Mean, I'm not trying to get political.
2: That's, uh, that was a promise that Biden made. So, Yep, And, and, and it, it totally seems political. like that. And that's
0: that's what politicians do. Give, so I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. If
2: you've paid off your student loans and now you're upset that someone's getting ten thousand dollars off, maybe mm-hmm. we'll give you a credit or a gold star because you paid it off. Prove <laughs> that you paid it off, and you'll get something too.
0: Really, but but that's that's the problem. Now there's more money that has to be you know come out of the government, which well, comes from people's taxes. Uh, money. Isn't real,
2: so at it's- this point. <laughs> What does it matter? We're, <laughs> We're going down a rabbit hole money. here and
0: again. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be political at all. In fact, I, I'm, I am kind of apolitical. What I'm saying is I I, I just don't like being nickel and dimed to death by at least people who should be able to afford to pay off their, their college Don't loans. subsidize
2: meats so that we can uh, have Perfect. plant-based foods. Perfect. I
0: love it. You, you found solution that there it is, is fantastic don't subsidize industrial farming and meats and dairy and we could save all of that money and now everybody can go to college for free eric rogers wrapping it up there's a tiny bow you know that's why you're on this show man because you are so quick and that kind of stuff i Gotta love say. it i love it <laughs> <laughs> all right um so off the soapbox we go into guest time here on the program sarah's news is coming up as well stick around our guest is next. All right, if you have ever wanted to show off your plant based lifestyle and to do it in style, here is your chance. We have some of the most amazing t shirts, hats, accessories, coffee mugs, and more at shop.realmeneatplants.com. We have statement t shirts that will bring a smile to everyone's face. Personally, I love the I Want Tofu Tonight tee. Plus, we have podcast tees, Real Women Eat Plants gear, Real Kids Eat Plants, and Real People Eat Plants, just in case men, women, and kids didn't cover it all. Yeah, we love you, and we love that you want to show off that healthy lifestyle of yours. Again, check out our high-quality gear at shop.realmeneatplants.com and enjoy.
1: Welcome to she select. Selects. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast.
0: All right, our guest today is a professional wrestler who has wrestled for Impact, Ring of Honor, and of course, the WWE. He is a multi-time world champion and world tag team champion, having held 14 total championships. He has spent time behind the mic as well, working as a color commentator and lending his voice to video games like WWE 12, which by the way, is a very good game to play. Uh, He's been vegan since 2011 and has even appeared in PETA videos, encouraging the life style oh and by the way is the self-proclaimed greatest man who ever lived please welcome to the real men eat plants podcast yes it is the one the only austin aries wow, that's quite the introduction thank you rich eric, eric. trying to fit it all in there yeah. you know I, I don't know if we can <laughs> <laughs> uh, to talk to
1: you
0: you're, you're probably used to that, right? Yeah. I mean, so uh, I think you have played a face though. You've been a heel. Uh, which one do you like more? What's uh what's more satisfying for you as a wrestler?
1: I'm sorry. I, I, I missed, I missed it. you just on that last part. What was the question?
0: Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. So um, I, I know you've, you've been a face, you've been a heel. Which one do you like more as, as a wrestler? Which one's more satisfying for you?
1: Well, um, I think I've always enjoyed uh, getting under people's skin, right? And I've always said this is why. Um, in real life, a lot of times, uh, the bad guys win, right? You know, if we look into politics or corporate structure, right, these things, uh, sometimes the people with the worst qualities find their way to the top. And, and so what what for me is really satisfying is i can take a lot of these things these evils around me and i can i can be that become that portray that get under people's skin make them angry and then give them the satisfaction at the end of when i get beat i get paid um you know i figure the lower i can take them down here the higher i can bring them at the end when i finally get my comeuppance when i get what i deserve and we don't always get that in real life so in pro wrestling, I'm able to give that to them, and the first part of that is is making them really emotionally invested in disliking me. And, and the more I can take them down there, the higher I can bring them at the end when I finally get get my just due. So, um, I think even in real life, it's always been a little you know. If you ever tried to make everybody like you, it's that's really it's exhausting, and it's and it's, it's an impossible feat, you know. And so. I think it's always easier just kind of be true to yourself and um, you know, f- you're going to find out who resonates with you. Some people are going to like you. Some people aren't. And that's just the way you roll.
0: Now I don't want to throw. You this know, I up. was looking through uh, some of your matches uh, getting ready uh, for yeah, this right. and uh, Oh, Eric, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man.
2: Oh, we, we have a, uh, we have both that uh, kind of jumped in at, there at the same time, but I, I wanted to go into just a little <laughs> bit of that background. You're from uh, Milwaukee area. And then uh, Roderick strong also has Wisconsin ties. So, was that an intentional thing in that in that partnership between you two, or did that just work out that
1: way? No, we just got thrown together with Generation Next, and uh, you know we just kind of clicked, and then we you know formed a tag team and had some pretty good success team. with that. Um, but yeah, but no, there yeah. was there was there was there was not two there were that was not part of the, the, equation, the equation. Just chance.
0: Yes, having some of those Wisconsin ties means that some of your fandom, uh, I notice, is for it's for the Packers and the Bucks and the Brewers, and and looking at those teams, I mean, the Packers have a legitimate shot at going to a Super Bowl. The Brewers are definitely playoff contenders, have a shot at a World Series. The Bucks have won a championship and definitely can get back there. Has there ever been a better time to be a sports fan in the state of Wisconsin than right now? No,
1: it's uh, you know a lot of success for not being a huge market. It's funny I talk about. My book, I open the book and I talk about how Wisconsin might be the most like, you know, cheese loving place in the world. But you think about these three sports teams, right? You got the Packers who literally wear pieces of cheese on their head to celebrate. You have the, the Brewers who have the sausage races uh, around the stadium. And then you have the bucks who are named after deer that we shoot and put up on our station wagon once a year. So, you know, to come from that environment and find my way into plant-based lifestyle isn't the norm because everything around us is, is anti that if you really look at it.
0: Yeah, I actually talk about being behind the cheddar curtain where we are because we're actually broadcasting from Madison, Wisconsin. And so being vegan up here is not the easiest thing in the world. I've only had to do it for for a couple of years. But there's a lot of pressure on you to eat cheese and to eat meat, um, especially in a state like Wisconsin, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. And that was my transition. It was, you know, I went plant-based in in, uh, 2000, actually. Uh, Yeah, 2000, the same year I started wrestling. But it was that 10-year transition transition of lying to myself about dairy and milk and how i you know calcium and protein and the cows don't die and all these things Uh, because again you know that's basically religion in wisconsin is cheese so eventually i was able to i was able to you know come to my senses and and get rid of that too (laughs) i wanted to
2: you know expand on that too because you know it is sort of not the norm and then um, you know, you had that window you said you were kind of just uh uh lying to yourself about what the what the truth was and then figuring fingering your way. So did you notice anything in your body and your in your just training the time period where you weren't, you know, maybe a hundred percent all in on the vegan thing or, you know, and then once you, you know, did twenty eleven, I'm fully vegan and you know, you know, whatever that time frame looked like, did your body feel any different in that time frame?
1: Not noticeably, I think because it was such a gradual transition. I think the most noticeable difference is I pulled up a couple of pictures from my college days before I went on this journey of of being a conscious consumer, as I like to say. And some of those pictures in my, you know, eating the college food and, and Domino's pizza and spending a lot of nights in the bar, um, I looked way different. I was skinny fat. I didn't look healthy. Um, you know, my transition into this lifestyle coincided with me beginning my wrestling career because now I had to really refocus on being an athlete, to figure out how to get my body in the condition I needed it in. And so when I started to look and actually try to educate myself about my food choices, that's when I uncovered all these dirty secrets that were, that were not, you know, enlightened to. And then I, as I kept peeling back these layers and learning more and learning more, that you know that transition just continued to snowball, and um, you know I said there's really no finish line. I'm always questioning the things I think I believe or the new information that's out there. Um, so, but what I did notice is that I didn't have any. I didn't have a hard time putting size on. You know, I probably gained 20 to 25 pounds of uh, muscle once I transitioned. Um, you know, my recovery time has always been really good. Again, I'm in my 40s now. I'm still performing at a high level. Um, You know, I think I still look good for my age. I feel good for my age, all things considered, 22 years of wrestling um, and wear and tear. But I think that that's all contributed now to this lifestyle I've led for 20 years, right? It's it's not necessarily something you're going to notice a huge difference immediately, but I think long term and longevity wise, uh, it'll definitely pay off.
0: You know, you, you talk about um, your early years as, as a wrestler. And I wanna go back to that because there there had to be a point or a moment where you're thinking to yourself, Yeah, I'm gonna do this because you're an athletic guy, you were playing other sports, but wrestling, wow, I mean it's it's tough on the body, it's tough on the mind, it's it's a lot of grinding um that, that you have to do and a lot of injuries. What what made you go down that path? Now, I'm thinking to myself, you know, back when I was watching wrestling as a kid in the eighties, you know, it was Macho Man, it was Hulk Hogan, it was it was WrestleMania three, which I thought was like the, the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, that, that made me eventually, I was even doing ring announcing for professional wrestling. I loved it. I, I loved everything about it. Um, what, what was it for you? What, what was it that grabbed you? Or was it certain wrestlers that made you say, yep, this is what I want to
1: do? Uh, so, I mean, I grew up a huge wrestling fan. I, I grew up watching the, you know, the Crockett promotions, the Horseman, Dusty. Mm-hmm. Magnum TA, you know, that, you know, that time period, obviously, AWA was, was pretty popular in the Milwaukee Midwest area. That was some of the first shows I went to, um, you know, five, six years old. Um, but the idea of becoming a pro wrestler never really entered my mind um, because, again, you know, pre, pre-Google and pre-Internet, you didn't have the information of how you would even go about that. There wasn't wrestling schools. You couldn't Google wrestling schools and find these things out. And it was still a very protected industry. You had to kind of know somebody to know somebody to get you in the door. You know, I grew up thinking I was going to be a baseball player. Then I I started drinking coffee and doing some recreational drugs at too early of an age and stunted my growth, which then (laughs) put a cap on the the baseball career. Um, So for me, you know, I, I went to college to play baseball and fizzled out after a couple of years realizing that wasn't really what I wanted to do. And then uh, I was talking to an old uh, childhood friend who was training in Minneapolis with Eddie Sharkey uh, and Terry Fox. And I knew the name Eddie Sharkey from a lot of the Midwest guys that have come out of there, like the Road Warriors and Rick Rude and uh, Barry Darso and and, and the like. And so I drove up there to check it out because I kind of I didn't believe him. like, what do you mean you're just training to be a wrestler? Like there's a school? What are you talking about? And yeah, I I saw, I I went there and I saw this ring set up in in a garage. uh, And I immediately, I immediately knew this is what I wanted to do. I was at that age where I was searching for my path in life. What am I supposed to do with my life? And all of a sudden, this kind of smacked me across the face. This opportunity was real. And um, I think at that age too, you know, ignorance is bliss. You don't think about the journey. You don't think about all the sacrifice. You just kind of dive in head first because you're like, oh, I have something that, I want to do and it's and it's a possibility i moved up on, on my buddy's couch a week later um you know gave half of the 500 dollars i had uh, in, in my account to, to, to my down payment to start training started giving plasma twice a week to make some money doing odd jobs <laughs> and you know do whatever i had to do to pay my dues there was no go fund me you know i couldn't put up a go fund me account mm-hmm. on my instagram or whatever so um but it just i never the idea of not accomplishing this never crossed my mind because it, it, it all was right in front of me. I just had to put the, the work in and just put the time in and I knew that I had the tools and it was just a matter of continuing to, to dedicate myself to that journey. And I think part of that too is when you're enjoying the journeys and you're not just focused on the, the finish line or, or the results, um, that's the key to success. I think sometimes we get so fixated on where we're trying to get to we don't enjoy the process of getting there, and that, to me, is where the real value is. And
2: you know, I think people, you know, like you said, kind of get locked into that uh, that journey, that destination of what they're trying to do. and um you know you've had you've been fortunate to have you know these avenues, and you know I think that's uh, you know a testament to you know, where this, this sport, this industry has come from and where it's going. And, and I'm curious too, because, you know, being on the road as much as you are and, uh, and, and just the, 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 diet change, um, to, to being a vegan, are there a lot of wrestlers who live that same lifestyle or is that something that's kind of, uh, you know, is that still on the, on the rise?
1: Um, yeah, it's still, it's still a fringe. I mean, there, there's more now today than there was when I started, you know, uh, 20 years ago on this, on this path. And, um, you know, I still think though, it's still a, a very much of a kind of meathead bodybuilder mentality, right? Because we're all trying to be body guys and keep muscle on. And that conventional wisdom says that you need to eat dead flesh to build muscle. Even though I was asked, people say, where do you get your protein? I said, well, where does the cow get its protein? And they go, well, grass. I said, well, I just cut out the middleman and just go to the source, you know, it's, you know <laughs> so it all comes, it all comes from the sun to plants. And then from there it gets utilized. Um, so I mean, it's you know, it, I've seen it transition over the years. Obviously, it's easier now than ever to to follow a plant based diet. Um, but for me, it's always just been a, a, again, where do you put your priorities? You know, where do you put your put your resources, your time, your money, your energy? And so, you know, I put a little extra uh, bit of my resources to- towards these things. So I'm always prepared. Whenever I travel, I, I travel with my cooler. I've always have you know whether it's pre cooked lentils or bars or fruit, like I always have something with me no matter where I go because A, airline food's garbage. Two, you know, convenience store foods garbage. Anything after a show at at midnight or one in the morning is going to be garbage. So why do I want to put myself in a position to have to feel like I'm forced to to you know pay for these subpar foods when I can just, you know, prepare a little bit ahead of time, bring bring a few things that I can always have with me. So no matter where I'm at, I've got some food. Available. If the guys want to go to the steakhouse, that's fine. I bring my packet of beluga lentils and I dump it in the in the spinach salad, and I can hang out with everybody and and, and eat just just the same.
0: Yeah, and you do have to plan ahead. I tell you what, that's one thing I've learned about being plant based and and vegan. If you don't plan ahead, sometimes you're not eating. Is but, exactly, uh, you know what. But rich,
1: the reality is, is even if it's not plant based, if you're just trying to eat quality food, if you don't plan mm-hmm. ahead, because the unfortunate reality is 90% of everything you're going to find in a grocery store, in a convenience store or fast food is garbage. It's not good for you. So if you're trying to be conscious about what you eat, whether that's plant based or not, you kind of have to take that into your own hands. And again, my book isn't about trying to make people go vegan. It's about becoming a conscious consumer and realizing the most powerful vote we have is with our pocketbook. It's with our dollar, where we spend it, right? So I don't care about going to the voting polls. I do care about not supporting things I don't believe in or that aren't good for me. And and, and there's a power in that. Once you decide to educate yourself, there's a real power in understanding as a consumer, I hold the keys. Nobody forces me to buy these things. Yes, they market to me. Yes, they try to sell it to me and they have, you know, inordinate amounts of money to do that, but ultimately it's my decision to put it in my shopping cart and purchase it or put it in my in my mouth. We are what we can we, we we become what we consume, whether that's what we eat and drink, what we watch, what we listen to, who we listen to. And I think a lot of us just kind of walk through life on autopilot, thinking that completely unconscious to this reality and, and then expecting these people uh or corporations who aren't beholden to us, right? they we're trusting them with our health and our well-being. For what reason, I'm not quite sure. Because these people have never been shown to be trustworthy or caring when it comes to the consumer.
2: No, and I know uh, you know you hit on something that's, uh, and I don't know if you, you dove into my you know history a little bit. So I'm, I'm coaching track and field. I work with high school athletes. and And one of the things that I try to teach the kids, too, is that diet is not just the things that you eat. And you hit that right on the head. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but I also want to give you a second to, uh, talk about anything else that's in that book that you feel is worthwhile. I'm sure there's some other stories in there from your wrestling, uh, you know, your, your past and, and present.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really just, it, 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 kind of chronicles my upbringing in a Midwest upbringing, lower middle-class family, eating all the regular foods that, you know, all of us that grew up in the eighties were eating. Um, and how I just thought that was normal. I never really thought much beyond that. Um, And then it just talks about these seeds that were planted along the way that eventually sprouted and led me down this journey. One was at an early age, my grandparents uh, had a farm. So, you know, I, I grew up, you know, visiting out there. And I remember one day feeding, feeding grass to the cow through the fence and having this moment, right? This, this two living creatures looking in each other's eyes, I'm feeding this cow. And I thought to myself, I wonder what it's thinking right now. Like, we're it's, it's obviously looking at me, we're having this connection, what is it thinking? What is it feeling? And that was the actual like light bulb of like, oh, it is thinking, it is feeling, right? It's not just some object. So we have this moment of this, you know, this interaction between two, you know, two uh, sentient beings. And then it was, hey, dinner's ready. And we're eating hamburgers and, and, and sausages, you know, Italian sausages. And I made the connection. And it was off-putting. It didn't feel right to me. But at that age, if you want dessert, you eat what's on your plate, right? I mean, it's just that simple. But that was a seed that was planted, that I, that always stuck in the back of my head, you know? Um, and so it just really talks about my journey and then how the question of, hey, red meat and pork isn't good for you and how I wanted to kind of, you know, I wanted to debunk that. So let me go, let me go do this research so I can tell this guy he's wrong. And then realizing he wasn't wrong. And not only wasn't he wrong about that, but as I kept learning more and more and more, I realized not only is red meat and pork not good for me, but literally everything I've grown up eating and that they advertised to me is not good for me. And that completely changed my worldview, right? Not just about diet, but just how I view the world and how much trust and faith I put into what I'm told by by the powers that be. Because when you realize that they've been lying to you and misleading you and that they profit off of sickness and stupidity, they don't profit off of healthy, intelligent people in this system. They profit off of sick and stupid people. So everything is designed to keep you ignorant and, make you, and keep you sick as much as they can because that's their customer base. We don't want to prevent disease. We don't want to cure disease because we lose a customer. We treat disease. But before we can treat disease, we have to give you disease. Well, let me start with cow's milk at an early age, let me start with kids cereal, which is anti-nutritional garbage that we give a whole aisle to in, in the shopping market, right? Three kinds of sugar, GMO corn and, and, and wheat. And we call that's a good way to start the day. It's all bullshit, excuse my language. Uh, you can bleep me out if you need to. Language is but allowed it is. here, it's okay. And so my book, talk- <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I don't know. Yeah, I try to be, you know, PG-14 I try
0: to be. Uh, but We're good. so my yep.
1: book talks about, my book talks about this, this revelation and realization of the system that I'm living in and how it's set up for me to fail and that it was up to me to hack the system by educating myself. And there's a reason that Kellogg's and Nestle and all these companies spend all this amount of money to figure out how to market to you and to, and to trap you into the products. Because once you get smart to the game and you detach from them, they never get my money again. McDonald's will never get another penny from me. Right, Coca-Cola, you know, will never get another penny from me. I'm smart to the game. I'm no longer someone that they're gonna profit from. Right. And so that's why so much money and time is spent to keep us ignorant to this, because once you get smart to it and you see the facade and you detach from it, you're free from it. And now you live a healthy, happy life. I don't worry about pharmaceutical drugs. I don't, you know, I don't worry about my health insurance premiums. I don't, I don't play into this game. Right. And there's a whole nother system set up. And so my book just kind of talks about that and how that journey coincided with my wrestling career and how I felt that the two really were integrated in, in my success, where taking taking this knowledge now of food and, and being healthy was a, a key component for my success for the last twenty years.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm so glad that you bring up, you know, how people are kind of programmed and taught because my wife teaches 4k. And so the teacher that she was teaching with one day that they're handing out milk to the kids and a lot of the kids don't want to drink it, which I think is just kind of a natural inclination that they don't. But the one teacher's telling them, drink your milk, kids. It's good for you. And my wife took her aside and said, you know, maybe you should do a little research on this because you might not want to tell the kids that it's good for you. And when that teacher actually did some research, she came back the next day and said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm really not going to push this on kids. But the government program's in place. You have to serve that milk to the kids. That's a, that's a fact. I mean, We're it's crazy. We're
1: paying for this milk to be cheap. We're not consuming it anymore. They're literally dumping this out, but they're still taking our tax money to subsidize it. And it it just... I always go back to this, like when I, when I go and speak on this topic, right, I try to always go back to just common sense law of nature. And so milk is designed for babies, right? If you look at every species on the planet, milk is specifically designed for babies until they can eat their species specific diet. We're the only species that thinks it's somehow good to continue consuming milk after we're babies, but hold on, not even our milk that's been formulated for us We drink another species milk completely, and there's nowhere else in in nature where we see this happening. We don't see adult giraffes going and snacking on rhinoceros milk to wash down some leaves. We just don't see it, nor if, if we need a blood transfusion. I'm certainly not going to go get a blood transfusion with cow's blood because it would make no sense. So now we consume this human growth formula for baby cows to become huge. You know, baby calves become huge cows. We consume this on a daily basis under the pretense it's good for us. And then we wonder why everyone's obese and has cancer. Well, it's a growth hormone. It's, it tend, it grows things and it's growing things you probably don't want it to grow because if you're constantly filling yourself with toxic food, toxic news, toxic, you know, things you're listening to and reading, well, guess what? It's going to grow. It's going to grow that toxicity. Right. And so like, just from a common sense standpoint it doesn't i don't need to be a doctor or a scientist to understand that this doesn't make any sense in the law of nature
2: Awesome. i do have a bone
0: absolutely knee not knee. you know
2: cuz how's is, how's is it growth hormone and i'm 59 160 like how, that doesn't make any sense
0: well <laughs> you know
1: yeah but it, but if you really think but but if you think about it again, when when did you stop consuming milk how long ago
2: uh, I am not 100% plant based, so You're I'm kind of like yet. in that mode. But, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, we're, we're trying to get him there, you right. know? Um, I actually stopped. Yeah. I, I stopped a couple of years ago. I couldn't believe the difference. And dairy was one thing I really thought that I'd have a hard time giving up and giving up cheeses. And, and I tell you what, as soon as I gave it up, there was absolutely zero urge in my body to have it. And I realized, oh, that's the natural feeling I should be feeling. I'm not supposed to be inclined to drink milk.
1: And that's the whole thing is most of us don't have a baseline to compare it to because we've been consuming these things since before we were even walking, right? So it's, I was equated to if, if you came out of the womb and at a year old you were starting smoking cigarettes, you would never know what it feels like to run around the block without having cigarette lung because you've never experienced it. So we think that we walk around with this, with you know, being lethargic and having stomach discomfort. That's just ha- the way it is. We also think it's normal that the cancer rate's gone from half a percent of the population 100 years ago to almost 40 percent of the population now, and nobody blinks an eye and just goes, "Oh, that's just the way it is." No, that's not the way it is. There's there's a, something causing this, and there's probably multiple things that are causing this. But if we want to keep pretending that our decisions aren't to blame for our for our issues, we're never going to solve them. So. The dairy thing, you know, I always say, too, if anyone ever went from drinking whole milk to then 2% milk to then skim milk and then you go back and try to drink whole milk again, it's disgusting. They can't do it. Well, it's the same thing when you cut dairy out altogether and you go back to, to drink it later on, you're going to realize it doesn't taste very good anymore. Your, your taste buds have adapted. You know, it probably didn't taste very good the first few times you drank it, but you were so young, you couldn't say anything about it, you know?
0: You know, another thing too, in consuming animals, um, one of the things that it does, it it creates these um, zoonotic diseases. And one zoonotic disease is COVID-19. So basically, it's diseases that come from animals, animal agriculture, producing and eating the consumption of animals, and yet... Nobody seems to want to stop. I mean, seriously, over 70% of all new diseases are zoonotic diseases that come from animals. And yet we can't put the two together and say, you know what, maybe if we stop all this, that we'll get way less disease.
1: Well, let's let's not discount the level four biolabs that some of these things might be coming from too rich.
0: Right, um, too. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry don't, no don't want to go there we're not here to talk about that but um,
0: yeah i I, I was gonna to try to broach that you know in, in a little finesse I know you had some some controversy oh, on Twitter with yeah, it all uh, yeah you know, I don't, I don't we.
1: Don't. I don't see the world. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Me to see it. You know. I. I I'm a. I'm a. Freak.
0: We don't need to go there. So. So what now for for Austin Aries and and I'll I'll get back to the book in in just a second, but but what now? What are you doing now? Are Are you back into wrestling? What What's going on with you currently? Yeah, I'm
1: st- I'm still wrestling. Uh, you know, I'm actually heading to, to North Carolina this weekend for the Control Your Narrative, uh, company that I'm working with. Um, and you know, we just announced we got a 24 show. Uh, and the City Tour coming up starting in October. So that's going to be a big undertaking. And, you know, I'm helping, obviously, uh, you know, with in-ring competition, but then also helping in the back with some things and, and uh, you know, wearing a few different hats there. And, uh, yeah, and just enjoying life and trying to figure out, you know, you know, I've got probably more behind me than in front of me as far as the wrestling career goes. So I'm trying to figure out what the next evolution is, you know. Um, putting together right now, uh, you know, life coaching program, to help people, you know, just uh, improve their overall life, whether that's through their diet, through exercise, through different, you know, techniques of mindfulness, breathwork, meditation, which I find to be very helpful. Um, you know, so I'm just trying to just trying to figure these things out. You know, I think that um, you know, the more we can share with one another, especially people who who are successful or looked at as being successful, if we're able to be vulnerable and transparent and share. That we still struggle. We're still working on things. We're still trying to improve. We don't have it all figured out. Nobody ever has the puzzle figured out. You know, we just we do figure out how to stop jamming the wrong pieces in the wrong places. But the the, the puzzle's never complete, right? In life, there's always going to be things to continue to do. So um, I'm still enjoying the wrestling uh, for now, but I'm also looking at you know how I'm going to transition and what the next 20 years might look like.
0: Awesome, and it definitely you're a, you're a contemplative guy. Uh, you definitely are looking at life and, and trying to figure out, and I think a lot of your journey is, is the same journey and, and the same kind of information that I got, and I just couldn't leave it alone after a certain point. It's like, I, I got to follow this. I didn't want to do it. it. I liked the taste of meat, actually, at one point, but I, I realized, I mean, what it was doing to me and what it did to me health-wise, and uh, sure. it was absolutely the wrong path for me. The name of the book, Food Fight, My Plant-Based Journey from the Bingo Halls to the Big-Time all Austin Aries is the writer. You can yep. find it on Amazon and anywhere else that you can buy a book. And Austin, I'm I'm expecting a, a signed actually, copy which. somewhere along the way here too, because uh, I'd love to I'll, to I'll read it myself it. because it, it's definitely interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, and actually, let me let me direct people not to Amazon, but let me direct them to Pro Wrestling Tees. I got a Pro Wrestling Tees not store. To and it's best to order, yeah, best to order the copy from there. The ones on Amazon, uh, I think someone is reselling those, and and I think someone said they saw one on there listed for like ninety dollars or something. Mm. Please do not spend ninety dollars on my book. Uh, while I would <laughs> get it from wow. Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, that's the best place to buy it.
0: Excellent. So good stuff to know. Austin, you've been an absolute delight. We'd love to have you back on later and see how your career is progressing. And we thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being here, man. Good stuff. Thank you, John. All right, here at the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, we need your help, and so does Paul's Party. Being a brand-new podcast, just trying to get its footing, we are asking that you help support our pod by going to our podcast page at realmeneplants.com slash podcast and click the support button. When you do, not only are you helping us get our feet on the ground, you are helping to support Paul's Party, a 501.c charity that raises money to help kids with physical disabilities get equipment to have some fun in their lives. Two great causes... One easy support button. Again, please find us at realmeneatplants.com podcast or on Patreon when you type Real Men Eat Plants into the search bar. Thanks for your support and for helping Paul's party. She's a mom with vegetables, she's so delectable, the cows
1: and pigs, she set them free, can't you see, she's a hot chickpea, veggie stewed just for you, sit on down, there's these are two. She's a mom with vegetables, she's so delectable, cows and pigs, she set them free, can't you see, she's a hot chickpea, veggie stew, just for you. sit on down, there's dessert too
0: yep 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 harris's theme means that it is once again news time as we bring in the lovely the talented the very professional and always on cue sarah carlson sarah take it away
3: well that's a lot of pressure rich right (laughs) (laughs) our first story today isn't a really happy one a new study showing an even stronger connection between processed meat and a higher risk of colorectal cancer in men. So this is from an article in Veg News. A new study from Tufts and Harvard Universities finds the strongest association between colorectal cancer and ultra-processed foods. Again, they did the food study. Mm-hmm. comes from meat. So in the study, they looked at 200,000 participants, both men and women. Researchers found men who consumed high rates of ultra-processed foods we're at a 29 percent higher risk. 29
0: percent—that's a lot higher people, risk, by the way. Yeah, that's not statistically insignificant. That is very Correct. significant. Yes,
3: and it, and by the way, this is colorectal cancer is the third most diagnosed cancer in the U.S. And this study took place over the course of 25 years. Yeah. So, so these foods, as here, we know, here's the thing.
0: I don't think people quite understand physiology and how this works, okay? So if you check out the physiology of a carnivore, so a carnivore would be like a a cat. Your, your own house cat would be a carnivore. They are designed to live on meat and meat alone. That is what they digest. Their digestive tracts, by the way, are super short. Okay so it goes out of there very fast because the thing about meat what it will tend to do at body temperature so say like for us at 98.6 degrees when you have meat sitting around for too long at 98.6 degrees you know what happens to meat right it it, it rots okay and it rots badly and then there's all kinds of bacteria and mold and spores and all that kind of, of nasty stuff so cats who are true carnivores will eat meat Their brains actually get energy off of that, and they shoot it out really quick. All right? (laughs) Now you got omnivores. Now, omnivores would be like your dog, okay? Now, a dog will eat not only meat, but eat vegetables and anything else that you throw their way, fruits. Dogs can eat basically anything. Their tracks are a little bit longer, but not much longer. Then you have herbivores and herbivores like cows and stuff like that will have multiple digestive tracts like they got four stomachs i think cows have and you know a huge long intestinal tract and colon and all of that because when they're eating all the things they eat all the veggies they eat it takes a while to extract all of the nutrients out of those veggies and then turn that into proteins and glucose that you need to fuel your brains then there's humans who are true frugivores, and we could live on fruits and fruits alone, believe it or not, um, but do very well when we mix in other things like green leafy vegetables and legumes and seeds and nuts and stuff like that. But our tracks are long. And the like, uh, gut microbiome that we have in the bacteria that's down there, the good bacteria that feeds off of that and feeds our bodies, needs a lot of plant-based stuff. In fact, it only thrives on plant-based stuff. Meat, by the way, gets caught in your digestive tract. And the l- more processed it is, the longer it takes for your body to break down. And that's where you end up with all of those nasty-ass colorectal cancer things um, and IBS and all kinds of, of digestive problems and uh, lack of serotonin. Over 90% of your serotonin is actually developed in your gut, and it comes from your gut microbiome and then it shoots up your spinal cord to your brain. So if you're not feeling good and you feel depressed and you feel sluggish, it's from a lack of serotonin, and it means you're starving that microbiome that's down there. So I know this is a long, like, kind of a <laughs> I
3: actually love, it's like Dr. Re- doctor Reynolds.
0: I am no doctor, but I am so passionate about studying this stuff every day. Um, and there's actually a really good documentary. I believe it is on Amazon Prime. And it's about like your gut being your second brain. And it breaks it all down. And when you start doing all the research, there's there's actually research coming out about gut stuff now that has never been done before. And we're finding out. It, and Sarah, I bet you right now. We, we, we can make a bet. Ten years from now, when you go to the doctor, the new way to go to the doctor isn't going to be giving blood samples and what have you. It's going to be like going to the vet. We've talked about this fecal samples, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to bring a bag of your poop along with you. That fecal sample right there is going to tell the doctor everything that they need to know about what's going on inside of you and what you're going to need to do to change it. And so, I don't want to
3: bet that it won't happen, so I, I yeah,
0: agree. I am sure this too, is the way it's this, going. Uh, the,
3: the foods are clearly sausages, bacon, ham, fish cakes, It also found that higher consumption of sugar sweetened beverages were associated with the same high risk. This also leads to weight gain, obesity, and so there's that um, factor involved. Now, this important to note, this doesn't make it good for women to eat and drink all this stuff. Um, Researchers say from this study in particular, but they need to do more work on figuring out if there's a true difference in how women are affected and what those factors are. So The that's thing about
0: important- it is, and uh, most women I know, we, they eat way less meat than men do. Um, and I think it's mostly because it's not that they don't like meat or it doesn't taste good to them or something like that. I don't think that they're necessarily bombarded with the amount of propaganda and advertising that men are. Men, it's like a kind of like a forced social thing like you got to barbecue and grill. I mean, it's not women that are usually associated with grilling, it's men and putting meat on a grill or in the smoker. Yeah, manly men do all these things, and real men eat meat and all that kind of crap. All that propaganda forces men to eat more meat, and I think that's where they end up with way more health problems and a lower life expectancy than women have.
3: Hence, real men eat plants. Absolutely. Now, I don't know how many real men like this drink, but my next story (laughs) is a bit of an ad for Starbucks. Um, Interesting news anyway. Starbucks just introduced its first dairy-free drink of the fall season.
0: Is this it a is dairy-free PSL, been- a pumpkin spice latte?
3: What? No. Is it,
0: no. Oh, okay. No,
3: that's the one that people got, have been mad about all these years. So, this, uh, You know what? The I'm, company I'm, reveals- I'm one of
0: those people that loves the pumpkin spice and pumpkin spice everything. I don't oh, know if sure. that sounds very manly, but I love fall. I, I think it's, it's the best time of year. To, to me, it means apples and football and pumpkin well, spice. Wait, which, and yeah.
3: Well, then I got to cut you off, Rich, because listen to this drink. Okay. It's the apple crisp. Oatmeal Macchiato.
0: I'm in. That sounds good. I am silly. in. That's uh, absolutely. And I, I love Starbucks anyway, so I am so in on this right now. And they
3: Sarah. officially launched it this week, so head to your Starbucks because of that. So Fantastic. vegans got upset when they uh, introduced that pumpkin spice latte and they couldn't offer a vegan option. And I don't think there is one there. Um, there's also been a lot of, um, what is it? Uh, let's just say pushback. Because of extra charges for right. the vegan.
0: So we I, I don't know if, if we brought this up, but James Cromwell, an actor who, if you saw him, you know oh, yeah. who he is, okay, um, has been in tons of things. And anyways, James Cromwell actually super glued his hand to a counter at a Starbucks to protest the charge, the upcharge, that is, yeah. of non-dairy um, creamers. Yeah. I love he it. Did, he
3: just did that in May. Yep. <laughs> he did it in Manhattan. Can you imagine people walking in like <laughs>
0: Hey, I know you, you were, you were the dad in Revenge of the Nerds, or you were the dad on, uh, uh, six feet under, and oh, you were the I priest guess. on ER that died, that had like a, a connection. There, are so many things. James Cromwell is one of those character actors that you might not know him, but I'm sure he's been in over a hundred different things. And as soon as you yeah. saw him, you'd be like, oh, that guy, that guy, and yeah, that he guy's James Cromwell. doing
3: pretty well. And I, you know, good for him, super cool, yeah. whatever you want, but Just FYI, um, Starbucks is trying harder to offer more dairy-free. They have four different plant-based milk options, coconut, oat, almond, and soy. So you've got options, but apparently not with the pumpkin spice, which...
0: I don't know. People Bummer. are still sort of like, yeah. why can't they do that? I, I love the I don't, pumpkin I
3: spice. I don't thing. know. I, I'm, I'm a bit confused. I could be wrong. I, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm way more into the pumpkin spice thing than I am into like Christmas time. And then they start doing the mint thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I like mints, but mint coffee and stuff like that. I'm out, man. Uh, I not, like not the
3: apple thing though. Right when you that said it, good. that was just before I had that in my news. We'll have to go yeah. out and get our, our apple Absolutely, crisp vegan. Beverage. Okay. So moving on. Yes. Guess who's back again, Rich? Uh,
0: Feeling Lizzo? good as hell today? Is it Lizzo? Yeah. Wow, we can't get through a show without mentioning Lizzo.
3: I can't. I can't. We
0: were to talking do it. about Harry Styles yesterday, and I don't know who that is. I know who Lizzo is, but I could not identify one Lizzo song. Like if it was okay, playing so right now, I wouldn't know.
3: You had to hear the lead to my story. I said. You feeling good as hell today, Rich? Yeah. When we're done, Google it and listen to good as hell. You might have heard it.
0: Good as hell. Okay. mm -hmm. I'm writing it down.
3: It's popular and she's used it for PETA or she has allowed PETA to use it for um, animal rights purposes and so on. But she is also sharing her vegan shopping list with Instacart. Okay. Apparently Instacart, and I didn't know this because I don't use it, but... Instacart users have access to shoppable lists made by celebrities, influencers, brands, you name it.
0: Okay. So you can eat like Lizzo.
3: What did you say?
0: You could eat like Lizzo.
3: You could eat like Lizzo. I don't know whether, you know, she can put things on this Instacart list and be lying
0: <laughs> right? She could
3: about everything <laughs> yep. she includes or she could be shopping on her own and picking up what she wants. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I do believe some of this though, and it's not all the healthiest stuff and I'm sure you'll have something to say, but I'll just name a few <laughs> things that- Why
0: would you think oh, that? Because I have something to say about everything, Sarah, is
3: that why? Well, there's always that, <laughs> yeah. but I would have something to say about this being kind of, okay, well, so where's, I don't know, she, she's missing a few things from a vegan perspective coca-cola i'm like okay
0: it is vegan she
3: needs her caffeine she wants the sugar essential purified water perrier all right all right in the um in the produce section lemons limes cherries bananas she doesn't name vegetables yeah not in at least in this article Uh, a bouquet of flowers that's nice of her uh (laughs) impossible burgers (laughs) meat she gets the impossible burger and then uh Ben and Jerry's vegan cherry Garcia ice cream. Oh, my cream. goodness. Yeah. Uncrustables peanut butter and grape jelly sandwiches. Oh, yeah. And then her favorite spicy chips, Takis. Yep. along with
0: Oreo cookies. Those are actually really good. Now, again, though, she, wow, that's a lot of unhealthy stuff right there. <laughs> it, it is, it's vegan. Those, those Takis are really good, but man, you eat, so, you know, those and Oreos with an impossible burger you're not doing a whole heck of a lot for, you know, your overall health. Great for the environment. You know, I'm, I'm going to go did with that.
3: Say, Okay. So talking about some sort of, I've been trying to read this, uh, recipe for a while something that she concocted from Japanese yam potatoes Mm -hmm. blending them with high protein tofu onion garlic yeast so this isn't as bad but I don't know what it is yeah I
0: don't know either
3: (laughs) it's a snack she's created a snack using vegan Hmm. ingredients some of which are healthier than the ones I listed at first Better she than like Oreos, better
0: than the Ben and Jerry's uh, ice cream. Glenn was and ranting Oreos. about that earlier this week with the coconut oil that ends up going in there and the amount of saturated fat. Right. That's right. the thing. As a vegan, you could be a junk food vegan. You can get a lot of those saturated fats and high sodium contents and high sugar contents, or you can not. You know, you're kind of a toss up. Um, so it's not going to be really good for your health if you're a junk food vegan, but it's still going to be great for the environment. I keep, you know, having this debate exactly. with Glenn over and over. And so.
3: That's what I wanted to say too, but I can tell you too, Rich, I've been a vegetarian my whole life. So high school, college, and all my adult life. And I've had everyone say, that must be why you're thin because I've been relatively small at times. And I always say, no, I can eat a million frozen cheese pizzas followed by that ice cream. And I didn't eat meat and I would not, be as fit or healthy. I try to eat healthy too. And you were talking about what Glenn had to say, what I do to my son who is not a vegetarian or a vegan, I will just pile uh, spinach on his plate when he's done eating what he's done with. If, he's, if he refuses to eat the vegetable that we've made or doesn't like something that's more creative, a pile of spinach that boy will eat without any dressing. He's like, I'll just eat it.
0: Nice, hey, good.
3: That's better than nothing.
0: Absolutely, spinach is the best. Yeah, I, I love it. I put it in everything. I choose that over kale. So even if recipes call for kale, uh, yeah. I'm okay with kale. You know, it's it's still not my favorite thing to eat, but spinach, man, I can eat all day every day. I love love you me do, some spinach.
3: Sauteed sauteed into something. It's awesome.
0: Like like Popeye. By the way, did you know Popeye was a vegan? so and 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 the actual cartoons. so i think the original cartoons like popeye cartoons came out in like the 20s um and so veganism and vegetarianism were trying to get actually get a toehold at, at that point but if you think about it so there's wimpy so you know the character in popeye wimpy yeah wimpy what does he eat Nothing but hamburgers. That's what he eats. I'll I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today is Wimpy's famous line. And then Popeye, when he's got to beat up Brutus, who's a big brute of a guy, um, what does Popeye eat? He eats spinach. And spinach is what makes him strong. And he's he's dating olive oil. Okay, so olive oil again and vegan and, um, you know, falls in line with all of that. Yep, did some research on it. It is true. Popeye was a vegan cartoon. So there was some I vegan propaganda it. out there for you. And there was even a Popeye movie in the early 80s with Robin Williams. Not sure if you ever saw that. Um, but
3: No, I think I remember it, but didn't.
0: Check it out. Robin Williams plays a mean Popeye. It was uh, <laughs> a, kind of a dystopian look at Popeye, but I absolutely loved it. Okay. Um, Sarah, great job again on the news. Uh, again, check us out at realmanyplants.com. Click on the podcast page, hit that support button, help us out and help out Paul's party. Take the 30-day challenge, read the blogs, and follow us all over social media and on YouTube. Great job, Sarah. We will do it all again Tomorrow. We thank you all for tuning in. Please tell a friend and subscribe to the podcast today. See ya. All right. Time now to tell you about VegRedge. Yeah. VegRedge.com helps you find plant based restaurants and businesses in just one. Click, and if you are a vegan-friendly business, they can help you get found. If you are searching for healthy, cruelty-free meal options in your local area, Vegrege is the perfect solution. Another great thing about Vegrege, they have recipes, and when I say recipes, I mean recipes: a bacon lover's BLT, cookie dough protein bites, penne arrabiata—the entree, not the character from The Sopranos. And yeah, and even a vanilla bean cheesecake, and they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to VegReg.com. That's right, it's VegReg.com.